There, there we are. There we are. Different intro music now for the Miami Total Football Radio Show, otherwise known as Miami Total Football Radio Show. It's Jose Armando, as you can see there in front of us, his fine Honduran face, and Franco Penizo, your well, two of your usual co-hosts. Andreita Yanis joined us yesterday. Simon Evans has been nowhere to be found in recent weeks. <laughs> Hopefully we will get him on uh, soon again because we, we need his English accent and knowledge. Jose, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I know we've got a lot to talk about. I know you're under a time crunch, so let's uh, let's jump right into it. But first, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I was supposed to be working tonight, but since the Marlins decided to, you know, not win last night, then I'm happy to be here and ready to go. Yeah, well, we're happy to have you because there's uh, quite a bit to talk about. Quite a bit to talk about. Kada says, I'm here. What's up, guys? And Kada, always the Miami Total Football Radio aficionado says, like and subscribe, people. See? I think I should start paying Kada because Kada <laughs> says it more often than I do. But I, sometimes I forget when I'm trying to do the intro and clicking all the buttons over here. Um, I forget to tell people, yes, if you're watching on YouTube, please give us a like, a nice thumbs up, and please give us a subscribe. It's free for you guys, and it helps us out tremendously. So, Jose, we've got a lot to talk about uh, and not as much time as usual. We're going to try to keep this within an hour, especially since you have to run. So, uh, before we get into last night's game and the playoff implications and all of that, let's start with some Lionel Messi talk because, you know, that is, of course, uh, the biggest talking point when it comes to Inter-Miami. Is he healthy? Is he not healthy? Argentina called him up. Um, we're going to talk about all that here. So let's start because this will be a pod that goes out um, audio as well. Yesterday's did not. Yesterday was just a pregame show, so we did not put that out on Spotify and, uh, and uh, Apple Podcasts. But let's just start with the latest on Lionel Messi, right? Tata was asked about Lionel Messi after this 4-1 to defeat to the Chicago Fire. This is what Tata said about his availability ahead of this Saturday's game, sorry, this Saturday's game at home against FC Cincinnati. Bueno, un poco ratificando lo de Busi, Leo está más cerca así de, de volver a jugar. Eh, como dijimos, evaluaremos mañana y, y el viernes para ver si está en condiciones. All right, so short and sweet, Jose. Tata says that yeah. they will continue to evaluate Lionel Messi, that they will assess him. And this was on Wednesday night, so he says they'll assess him Thursday and Friday ahead of the game on Saturday to see si está en condiciones, to see if he's able and in condition to play. He doesn't say in what capacity, but obviously you have to assume um, it would be off the bench. Um, Jose, before, before you give me your thoughts, just for the listeners that might be tuning in for the first time this week, um, obviously, we saw Lionel Messi do some individual drills, trabajos diferenciados off to the side on Tuesday and the availability and in the practice session, the 15 minutes we had at that practice session um, before they took off to Chicago. Um, you noted it. I noted it. I know you tweeted it. Not a whole lot of intensity to Lionel Messi's uh, workouts and exercises there. I mean, it's been a couple more days now. You know, Tata had said on Tuesday that, before the Chicago Fire game, that they expected Messi to take part in some um, sort of team training or training with the team, maybe not full training, but some part. I mean, what do you think? Do you think we see Lionel Messi make his return on Saturday? Yes, I, I think he plays against Cincinnati. Um, but, you know, maybe not necessarily because of the reasons that Inter-Miami fans think. You know, he's not going to play because he wants to keep Inter-Miami in, in the playoff hunt, I think he he's he wants to play and he needs to play because of the World Cup qualifiers. If he wants to start for Argentina next week in, in, in the first game against Paraguay, then he needs to play at least 30 minutes against Cincinnati. And um, I think that that will be the best indication. I think he plays. I think his, his um, closer, I it's hard to believe at this point whatever Tata says when, when it comes to Messi, but I kind of lean towards believing again just because Busquets went out and, and basically said that, you know, he felt like he, he was he was really close. And I would think, you know, Sergio Busquets and, and Lionel Messi, they talk to each other very often. So I think he plays this weekend, yeah. 
So John Paul Terraza says, do you guys know for certain if Messi will play? So I don't know for certain. I don't have the inside information on if he will play, and we haven't had availability prior to this Saturday game against FC Cincinnati. That will happen on Friday, so tomorrow morning. We'll get more word. We'll see more images so we can provide you with more updates on our social media handles and with our respective uh, written outlets. I'm Sorokuba Radio and Deportes Total USA. Um Rights holder Jose is back to Island. So (laughs) rights holder Jose is over. So it was a one-time thing, or at least, yeah, it's over for this year. Um, So, yeah, unfortunately, we don't have a a concrete answer there for you. I did like that nickname, though, rights holder Jose. Uh, Anyway, back back to Messi. Um, Look, I I think we've got to touch on it. Andrea and I touched on it a little bit yesterday. Um, But, again, for people that that didn't see that and obviously weren't able to hear it, I'm going to play a clip from earlier this week at practice. Right. Well, I'm going to play two clips. First is going to be from the interview, pre-game interview or pre-game practice, match day minus one um, interview with Tata Martino, where he was asked about Jordi Alba. And this is what he says about Jordi Alba's status and health and his potential return to play. Tata y Jordi. Y Jordi todavía. Jordi apuntamos a que pueda estar con Xavi. Okay. Jordi apuntamos a que pueda estar con Charlotte. Jose, it's very, I know you don't really like to translate, but it's a very easy translation. What is he saying there? Yeah, well, you know, they they have the goal that he'll play against Charlotte. And I'm assuming, you know, he's thinking about the first game, which could be the, the second game, which is the final but game. We don't, we, we don't know which of the two games. We yeah. don't know which of the two games. But, but, but the point yeah. is that he said, apuntamos. We aim to have him back for the game versus Charlotte. That's, that's essentially the, the most literal translation of what he said. Last this week of the back of the season, more, for sure. Essentially, yes. Yeah. This is where I got a little old school journalist on him, and without faltándole respeto, without you know, um, you know, disrespecting him, but I didn't let him just sell smoke, vender humo. When he tried to give us the same company line when it came to uh, Lionel Messi and his status, I pushed back a little bit, and this is where you and I, um, where you and I will talk a little bit more in detail about. What's going on here with Messi? What's going on from a bigger picture? So let's listen to this from Tom. No apuntan que regrese Leo. Obviamente sé que has dicho día a día, pero en el reporte médico se tiene que saber algún poquito de tiempo cuándo podría regresar. Es que cualquier cosa que yo vaya a decir y si no se cumple se tomaría como... Bueno, hoy yo parezco el, el, este, el, el, el mayor vendedor de entrada de la MLS. Entonces... Por eso, como si yo este, tuviera algo que ver con la venta de los tickets. ¿no? A nosotros nos preocupan los jugadores. Lo que pasa es que esto, que... Pero con Gregory no, no dijiste. Sé, no, con Gregory no dijiste Gregory, en, 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 Hace tres meses que no me preguntaste. No, no, yo te pregunté al fin de agosto. Sí, y me, me dijiste que en octubre. Cada tanto. Y me dijiste para octubre. Lo Porque no dijiste el para octubre. El otro día vino Houston y tenía a Bassi, hacía dos partidos que no jugaba. Bassi es uno de los mejores jugadores de Houston. No había una sola noticia de base. O sea, esto se da aquí por esta circunstancia y yo lo entiendo y por eso contesto. Pero lo que pasa es que cuando es tan reiterativo, no puedo dejar de decir siempre lo mismo. Porque entre lo que me pre- Michelle me preguntó hace tres días y, y pasaron nada más que tres días y dos entrenamientos solamente. Pero es reiterativo porque no... no, no, no porque no, no, se no. trata de Leo y lo entiendo, no es por otra cosa. O sea, hay, Pero si nos hubiesen dicho acá, un mes... Ahí quizás ya no preguntamos. Es que yo te tanto. diría un mes si supiera que es un mes. Eh, Michelle el otro día dijo que había gente que decía que estaba fuera de la liga por toda esta temporada. Y ustedes no corren ningún riesgo. Dicen un mes y no es un mes. Son 40 días o 20 días. A ustedes no le pasa nada. Yo cometo un error gravísimo si digo algo en forma apresurada. Por eso evito los tiempos exactos que vos... Yo entiendo el deseo tuyo de de conocer los tiempos exactos, pero si yo tuviera los tiempos exactos, lo diría, yo tampoco los tengo. Sé que es un tema tedioso, pero obviamente... So the last part is the, I think, the most intriguing part. Now, it's obviously a minute and 53 seconds, so it's a lot to translate, but essentially I push back on his on him saying that, you know, they don't have uh, an idea, that it's still day-to-day, and I told him, well, with Gregory in late August, you let us know that he wouldn't be around until October, which, by the way, coincidentally, first training of October that we were able to see, Gregory's back in, in with the team. So I pushed back on that idea. Now, obviously, Gregory isn't messy in terms of a profile standpoint outward, right, for the public. 
However, the point still stands that they had a timeline for Gregory with Jordi Alba, as we just described, uh, just discussed in the previous clip. They have a timeline. How come for Lionel Messi, it's day to day, and at the end, he says, and this is the most important part, I think, of of the overall uh, comment there from him is that he says, "Well, I understand why you're asking, but I don't have the timeline. If I had the timeline, I would share that with you, but I just don't have it." I mean, Jose, why would he not have a timeline when we're other players? The timeline exists, which, listen, we're not going to play um, dumb here. We're going to be as honest as we always are. When players get hurt, they get checked out by the medical staff. There is a medical report, and it says this is the diagnosis, and this is the estimated time of recovery, and they work from there. Like That's just standard practice for any injury in any professional sport. So, Jose, explain to me and explain to the listeners and viewers why with Messi, we have gotten no timeline, in your opinion. Well, because, you know, the recovery, I think they knew the recovery was not going to be one or two days. You know, they knew that Messi, you know, he he, he needed more than a week. And, um, you know, I think it's it's pretty clear that, you know, the business side of things, it's, it's taken a big role in this situation. And um, if you tell people that Messi is not going to be back until next year, you know, people can find some other things to do. You know, mainly the, the main attraction in MLS this year, it's Messi. And if there's no Messi, there's no party, <laughs> I guess. And so people will have no problem in caring less about Messi and not buying the merchandise and not buying tickets. And, you know, they, they'll move on until he's back. And then, you know, everybody will be back. So, you know, the league doesn't want that. The team doesn't want that. And I think, you know, within his own words, I think that, uh, you know, there's there's a, a quote that caught my attention. I don't want to make a mistake, which, you know, he uses that in terms of I don't want to lead people, you know, uh, the wrong way in terms of he's going <laughs> to play this day or that day. But at the same time, you know, that tells me that he knows he, he you know, he doesn't want to. Do bad to the league as well, right? You know, saying something that is going to get him in trouble, because if he's honest with us, you know, he'll probably say, "Okay, so you know, it's it's a tricky injury. I don't know exactly when he's going to come back, but I'm sure he's going to need more than two or three weeks." You know, but if what happens? If, player, what happens if he says that? Well, what right. happens if he says that? What, then he's what in trouble. Then he's in trouble. No, no. Because... But what happens overall? What happens to the league? What happens to Inter Miami? What like what is the crux of why would he get in trouble? What does he do if he says that publicly? Because the attention goes away. The attention goes away. And, you know, people are not going to be watching during the weekend MLS season pass. And if people wanted to get a subscription, they won't get it until he comes back. Um, you know, there are so many things and, and that, that go around the, the business side of things. And that's why, I, you know, that's one of the first things that I mentioned. It's the business side of things that is preventing Tata from being honest. With with us and with the fans. And by the way, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I think the fans are they are well aware of the situation now. You know, if you look at the comments, like for us in, in the Porto Total, the comments Pusechi, that we get Pusechi here says to sell yeah, so it's, it's yeah, the comments that, that we get caught on. You know, the, the video we posted a video from training, it was three minutes, got over two hundred thousand views. And if you scroll through the comments, people are they are well aware of the situation. They know exactly what's happening with 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 Inter Miami and why they are not telling the you know, media and the fans that he's just not available. And you know the day to day situation keeps people interested, which I guess in a sense it's good for us because people keep coming to us for information. But you know I would rather have an answer to the question than you know continue to build on something that is just, you know, pure marketing in a sense. So I agree, of course, like as Kala says here, uh, well, he just puts a bunch of dollar signs. I mean, it comes down to money. It comes down to money. Like you said, if they say that Messi's out for three weeks to four weeks, whatever the amount of time would have been or is or was, less people are inclined to buy tickets, less people are going to go out to the stadium, less people are going to consume concessions, pay for parking, less people are going to buy jerseys, less people are going to tune into Apple TV. I mean, Messi is not just a player and arguably the greatest player on earth and of all time. 
He's also a brand, and his brand moves millions and millions of dollars, pounds, uh, rubles, whatever currency you want to use. I don't know what the currency is in Honduras. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Uh, he moves a ton of money. So he, you know, everything is hinged on him being available or not, right? And and this is where, and this is where I'll, I'll tie in a little different anecdote. Before the Orlando game, right, after the Toronto FC game when Messi and Jordi Alba came off um, with the injuries or they were subbed off in the first half, Tata Martino had no problem in the post-game press conference, maybe in the heat of the moment, saying they're both out for Sunday. They're not playing against Orlando. He said that publicly in a post-game press conference. So to me, it's clear that the financial side, like you said, and like a lot of people believe to be the case, is impacting Tata Martino. And I think, in part... Uh, we're being a little unfair with Tata because he's just the messenger. He's just the face that's verbalizing and vocalizing what's being practiced and told to him from up above, whether it's Inter-Miami, whether it's MLS, whether it's both of them, whether it's Apple TV you want to throw in there as well. I mean, he's just the face. He's just literally the soldier on the front line who is taking all the grenades um, thanks to you know the behavior and actions of MLS Inter-Miami. And I'll say this, you know, MLS and Inter Miami to an extent, they're acting like a very bad boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. Like they're essentially saying, we'll do whatever we want when it comes to Messi and his availability. And you guys, yeah, you'll get pissed. You'll get mad. You'll say some things that are mean, but you're going to come back. You're going to come back to me no matter what. You're going to come back to me. That's that's how I perceive this whole situation. And it's unfortunate. Um, I Listen, I get it. It's a business. Professional sports are a business. You know, if MLS was maybe a bigger league and, and didn't hinge so much on just one player, even if it is messy, then, you know, it would be a different situation. But it, it does definitely spoil some of the um, the honeymoon, right? The, the initial honeymoon seems like it's it's kind of tapered off a little bit there. It, it's um, very MLS-like, you know. It's to, to be honest, you know, it's, it's a situation that, you know, the magnitude, obviously, when it's related to Messi, you know, it, it, it's global news. But... This is very MLS-like, you know. You know, it's. It, I think something similar happened during preseason with the Athletic, and remember when we were playing the media game and they were not allowed in. Um, you know, there was something out there. I can't remember what the story was at this point from the Athletic, but you know, people said something like about it. one of their coverage. Yeah, covering right. one of their stories was one of the reasons they weren't invited or something. Like right, that. and you know, this is very MLS-like. They 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 like to keep control of everything. And, you know, they just don't want the message to go out there that Messi is not going to play anymore in MLS. You know, it's it's pretty clear. I mean, if you go to MLSsoccer.com, it feels like it's Messi.com at some point, right? You know, everything it's Messi's is Messi's League of Soccer. Messi's MLS. League, Messi's soccer, league yeah. of Soccer. Yeah, so, you uh, know, it's it really seems like it's, it's on him. Everything, all the attention, everything that they're getting right now, the traffic, it's related to Messi. And, you know, it's like if, if, if he's done for the season basically you know you're thinking you know um messi is, is not going to be an mls player until february of next year maybe when you get preseason started and and so, that's so, big but we expect but we both of us expect him to play on saturday in some capacity off the bench whether it's 15 minutes whether it's 20 minutes right. 30 we expect him to play before he goes off to international duty with argentina because he was officially called up as was facundo farias to argentina's national team senior national team roster for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers. Now there's talks about Farias going with the under 23 team, which I think is interesting because that would present a bit of a loophole that the senior team's calling up so that Inter Miami is forced to release him, but then he's going to go train with the under 23 team, right? Because if you call him up to a youth team, clubs, as far as you know, my recollection, the rule is that you're not required to release him. You're only no, required to release to go. Him. No, 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 but you're only required to release players if it's a senior national team. If it's anything below that, I don't think that you are required to release. That's why when it comes to like, you know, under 20 World Cup, um, under, 20 World Cup under 20 qualifiers and things like that, like you're not forced to release players in clubs in Europe, especially with the U.S. men's national team. You see it all the time. Like who's going to get, who's going to be released, who's not, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, this is what Tata said when you asked him on Tuesday, because it was already, you know, we already kind of got the whiff. We kind of sensed and could sniff around that, Messi was going to be called up, right? Like, I mean, that's it's not really a big reach. But this is what Tata said. Excuse 
for the visuals because Tata was looking at Jose, which Jose was far to my right. So you're not going to see Sorry. Tata we looking at the, the camera. <laughs> Darn you, rights holder, Jose. All right, let's listen to what Tata Martino said about uh, Leonel Messi in Argentina. No, yo creo que, a ver, son cosas totalmente distintas. Uno es el club, otra es la selección, evidentemente. Si él está bien en el club, va a estar bien para la selección. El compromiso que tiene Leo con la selección está fuera de discusión y era algo que nosotros reconocíamos este, de antemano, el club reconocía, porque además otra vez ahora tenemos 12 convocatorias eh, y no solamente pasa con él, pasa con el resto de los jugadores y todos quieren estar acá y todos quieren estar en, en la selección. No hay un, nosotros hacemos un manejo de una lesión en este caso, este, en función de nuestras necesidades. Si esas necesidades también coinciden con las de cada uno de ellos de su selección, bienvenido sea. So very quickly, Jose, so we can put a bow on the messy thing is we've got to switch gears. We've got a good bit still to talk about. Uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts? I mean, he's he's going with Argentina, right? No matter what. I don't even know if he's going to play all that much with Argentina. I don't know. Again, not, not inside information, just my supposition. But again, he moves money. He drives attention. So even though it's the Argentina national team, even though they're World Cup winners, I think he has to be there for publicity mm. sake, for marketing sake. I listen. You're. I think you're convinced, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your response. I think you're convinced that he's going to play and that he's prioritizing the national team over the club team. Which I mean, you know, to an extent, that was the narrative with him at, at PSG. But I don't. It just makes sense to me. It really makes sense to me that he, you know, his priority is the national team. I think I said it the last time I was on. Um, I mean, he, he, how many games is, is Messi going to play with the national team at home for the rest of his career? In World Cup qualifiers, you know, there's not going to be a lot. You know, this is his last cycle. Um, you know, he might not even finish this cycle. You know, he might be just getting ready for Copa America. Um, and he might... He might call it by the time Copa America ends, you know, so he knows exactly um, that, you know, his time with the national team is limited now and he really likes to be there. He really likes to be there. And so, you know, it's like, you know, when, a, when, a, when a group of friends call you, you want to go out, you want to, you want to do this, you want to do that. You want to be with those guys because, you know, that's, that's kind of your family. And it's, it's similar to, to Messi with the national team, I think. He really wants to be a part of that group. You know, there's a reason why he traveled to Bolivia when he knew he was not going to play. You know, if if I don't want to say he's not committed to Inter Miami, but his priority right now, it's the national team. And, you know, it's I don't think it's anything it's hard to comprehend. I mean, what what's what does it really mean to, to Messi to 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 reach the playoffs with with Inter Miami at this point? I don't know. I don't think I think he knows this squad is limited. And even if they make the playoffs, it's. I mean, they're going to have a lot of trouble winning the championship. So I think it's it's pretty clear to me. It's, it's the national team comes first, and it will be that way as long as he remains an Inter-Miami player. John C. Louisville in the comment section says, Messi's not injured. It's all fake and scripted. Okay? All right. That's, uh, that's <laughs> quite a take. That's quite a take. Listen, I think, again, it comes down to money. It comes down to um, the attention he drives, the brand that he is. Es una marca. Es una marca. No solamente un jugador es una marca. It's not just a player. He's a brand. And I think whether... He plays a whole lot with Argentina or not. The fact that he's around, that he'll have the Yeah, but it's, on. it's different, Franco. It's different. I mean, Jose, it moves it's a World Cup qualifier. Sponsors. I mean, you travel for World Cup qualifiers. It's messy. You travel not, for World Cup qualifiers. The stadium Jose, is going to be packed. They're going to sell the same amount of Jose, jerseys. It's they're not. Gonna, it's, it's going to be the same. It's a national. It's no. the national team. He's one of the best of all time. But, you know, when he moves on... The national team will remain the same. I disagree. When he moves dis- away, well, that's when he moves that's away different. from Inter Miami, Inter Miami will go back to what it was. You know, it's not the that's, same. It's, that's it's a different the national that's team. A different talking point. Will be no, forever the national point. team. No, I mean no. you. You the support Peru, no matter Jose, what. The you national support team, Peru no matter what. Jose, the national team is fresh off of winning a World Cup with Messi again, arguably the greatest player of all time, leading the way. This is. The one moment that, that, I mean, if there's a peak Argentina national team fervor, it's right now. It's right now. Because right. everyone's excited off of the World Cup victory with Messi on board. 
20 years from now with no Messi, is it going to be the same fervor? 10 years ago, you know, after Maradona yes. had already – it's not the same fervor, Jose. It's not the same. There's more frustration. People are more disillusioned. They're more disillusioned with the team because they hadn't won in a long time. It's not the same. Are the people still going to go to the stadium and support their national team? Yes, but it's not yes. the same – it's gonna be feeling packed. as when you're fresh off of winning a World Cup. It's it's just not. It's just, yeah, but it's, it's not I, the I, same. I can't share that. I can't it, share the, that. The reasons why Messi and an MLS wants wants Messi to play with Inter Miami are not the same reasons why Afa wants uh, Messi to play with the national team. I, again, I think I mean, money talks, man. It's professional sports, man. Money talks. There's this right, but, but Afa gets the money no matter what. MLS will not get any money if Messi leaves tomorrow and and tells everybody. Okay, I'll we'll be see. back in February. We'll see how he plays. We'll see how much he plays. We'll see how much he plays in these, in these two games. Or if he just went just for that. All right, so let's very quickly, because we need to we need to switch gears, talk about last night's game. Inter Miami lost four to one. We'll get to the lineup, we'll get to the goals. Let's just start with Tata Martino post game on the defeat. This is what Tata Martino said in his post game press conference. Y respecto al partido, creo que hubo dos momentos que fueron determinantes. Eh, dos jugadas claras para ponernos 2 a 1 arriba en el marcador y que no la pudimos convertir y después este, las pérdidas que nosotros tenemos en ataque que en, los rivales nos aprovechan cuando nos atacan en los grandes espacios eh, son dos situaciones que de alguna manera eh, un poco ratifican esta idea de jugar con línea de 5 ¿no? que justamente estas transiciones no nos hagan tanto daño eh, hoy decidimos jugar con la línea de cuatro eh, y la verdad es que en esos momentos este, donde nosotros pudimos haber pasado a estar dos a uno y controlar el partido de una manera distinta porque creo que en ese segundo tiempo independientemente de que ellos convirtieron primero nosotros habíamos arrancado mejor eh, bueno, no hicimos nosotros inmediatamente un error en salida nos, nos metieron el segundo y ahí ya creo que el partido prácticamente se terminó so, Jose, do you want to translate or do you want me to do it? No, you do it. You're the translator here. <laughs> so, essentially, Tata Martino says that, you know, there were two decisive moments, although he packages more than two in those two. And he says that, you know, and it's true, Inter Miami had two clear-cut opportunities in the defeat to the fire to take the lead. When the game was 1-1 early in the second half after Joseph Martinez tied the match, Inter Miami could have taken the lead. Two very good-looking opportunities, and they failed to put both of those away. First, Facundo Farias completely misses the frame uh, while he's running forward and gets a nice pass from Joseph Martinez. Then, if I'm not mistaken, Joseph Martinez with a nice backfield pass springs Benjamin Kremaski through on goal. It was a very well-timed uh, diagonal run from Kremaski. He's got the, the goal at his mercy, one-on-one -on -one opportunity. He aims for the far post, and he curls his low effort away from that post. So Inter Miami stayed at 1-1. Then came the fires, the second goal. Then came the third goal, then came the fourth goal, and what was a tie game at that point ended up in a rout, a humbling, lopsided loss for Inter Miami, which really hurts their playoff chances. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Jose, what were your thoughts overall on the game? Right, Because there's no Messi, no Jordi Alba. This was the starting lineup for Inter Miami at Soldier Field, the sold-out Soldier Field. Um, it was a 4-3-3. Three. So you had Drake Callender in goal. Back four, DeAndre Yedlin, Sergei Kristoff, Kamal Miller, Noah Allen. Midfield three, Dixon Arroyo, Sergio Busquets, and Benjamin Kremaski. And up top, Robert Taylor on the right, Facundo Farias on the left, Joseph Martinez in place of the injured slash recovering slash resting Leonardo Campana. So what were your thoughts? I mean, you could talk about the formation and tactics if you'd like. Tata sure did right there post game. Um, but just your overall thoughts on, you know, especially in the second half, what, what went wrong? Well, yeah, well, I, you know, I, I thought the first half, you know, it was just okay. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't expect, um, you know, a high, a high quality match. You know, these are two teams that, you know, they are way below the playoff line. So, you know, they're playing with, with a lot of pressure. They, you know, a mistake or two can basically cost them the, the league. And I think that's what happened in the second half. But in the first half, I thought, you know, if, if Inter Miami was able to, um, you know, just step up a little bit and and find a way to connect Joseph, connect Joseph with um, some of his teammates. You know, I I thought there was a chance for Inter Miami. I felt like the collective effort was not there. It was mainly individually. And 
you know, sometimes that works, but you know, if you don't have Messi on the field, that's that's not gonna be that's not, most likely it's not gonna work. And then in the second half, I thought they 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 started really well, aside from the goal, which it was a beauty. You know, the goal, the the first um, Shakiri goal, it was you know the buildup was just outstanding from from Chicago, and um, quick response, you could get the equalizer. And I think that that's right. You know, the opportunities missed by Farias and, and Benja, I think those those were the, the key moments in the match. If, if Inter Miami is able to score, I think they take control of the game because Chicago, after the equalizer, you know, I was surprised and I was talking to Andrea, we were watching the game together, and I was like, this team is just horrible. You know, how is it possible that they're basically, you know, controlling the game, they're comfortable playing at home, they take the lead, they concede a goal, and it feels like Chicago completely goes away from the game mentally. And then, you know, unfortunately for Inter Miami, they don't they don't capitalize on opportunities. Silly giveaway from Robert Taylor. They score on it, and then just a few minutes later, another giveaway in the middle from from Facundo, and that's basically it. You know, that's the game. Uh, it was going to be hard for Inter Miami to come back from it, even if they managed to score two goals. Um, it was not enough. I, I think they knew they needed to win this game, and you know it was just too much. It was it was just too much. I think you know, youth, it's uh, you know it, it it can be an asset at times, but it can hurt you as well. Growing pains, I think. Yeah, growing I think this is pains. this is the perfect example. So I'll say, you know, I don't think Inter Miami deserved to win, man. Even though yeah. they could have had opportunities to take the lead to make it two to one, and those chances should have been taken a lot better than they were. And I agree that you know they were they ended up proving decisive. I don't think Inter Miami, based on what we saw from the run of play, even before then, deserved to win. You look at the first half. There's a couple of I mean the the two clear scoring opportunities are for the Chicago Fire. One comes in at the doorstep, practically after a scramble for a loose ball inside the six yard box after a corner kick. I mean, there's a shot taken from the doorstep and it just deflects off of Ben Kremaski's you know chest and goes over over the goal. I mean, that was a clear cut opportunity. For the Chicago Fire, um, I'm blanking on the other opportunity that they had to, to take the lead, and and they don't. Um, so you know, I thought, into, oh, there was a shot that hit the post, a shot that hit the post, in, in a few minutes later in that first half. So you know, Inter Miami just isn't functioning, right? No, no, están funcionando. El funcionamiento no, no está bien, and it hasn't been that way, you know, essentially since Messi's come out of the team. Um, you know, they've struggled to to play well collectively. Yes, they boss possession at times. They have their stretches of nice passing uh, sequences and um, combinations, but it's in that final third that they don't have a difference maker. They don't have a creative player. They don't have uh, indiferente el creativo. They just continue to struggle in that way. Inter Miami went from one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in Major League Soccer team that's catching hypothermia at the worst possible time in the year because they're barely scoring goals now. If you look at their last four matches across all competitions, right? Take before, after that Toronto game, which Toronto's the last place team in the league, Messi started, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But after that game, Inter Miami has scored one goal in each of the following four matches. So they're averaging one goal a game. They scored a total of four in four games. I mean, obviously that's not enough. That's not enough for a team that needs wins, that needs points to make up the difference in the playoff, in the playoff uh, push or in the playoff race. So, you know, they, they've, they've had these injuries at a very bad time. Um, and the team itself just has dipped in performance levels. Tata Martino has chalked it up to fatigue, um, which, I mean, absolutely, it's definitely one of the reasons. But it can't be just the umbrella excuse for why this team isn't, isn't performing well. Um, you know, there's still talent on this team. Yes, it is uh, a team that is still limited in some regards. But it is a talented team, and they should be should be doing better than they are now. You well, you know, I think there's there's a problem with this team right now. And it's, you know, they, they are a very possession-oriented team. And when you have Messi, you know, the combination between Busquets and Messi, you know, by the way they play and they can combine with each other, that will give you a chunk of possession. And that will give you, by itself, just having those two players, that will give you the ball for an extended period of time because they are so good with the ball and they know each other pretty well. And Busquets knows that what he needs to do is just an easy pass and give it to, to Messi. So they're missing that connection. And that's the most important thing. And, you know, 
when you don't have that and you don't have as much possession and you're demanding from your um, fullbacks to move forward, like DeAndre does on the right and Noah Allen does on the left, and at times when you see DeAndre Yetlin, you know, uh, running up the field and you feel positive about what he's doing and, and getting inside the box and bringing crosses in and being aggressive, you kind of forget that he needs to run back. And it's a similar situation with Noah Allen on the left side. And then people continue, they continue to ask, why are they struggling defensively? Well, because the center backs are basically by itself and covering on Yetlin and covering on Noah Allen because they want to move forward, but they have a lot of trouble running back. And that's why they are struggling defensively. You know, and, and Christoph, I mean, his, his, his level is nowhere near what, he, what it was when he came. You know, the first two, three games, he showed, he showed good things. Right now, he seems very slow and very late. I mean, the Shakiri goal is just crazy to me. Crazy to me. I, I, I disagree with you, Jose. I think there's been games where recently in the Tata era that Serhi Kristoff has looked very, very good. I agree he's in this game. Right. He's not consistent. He's not consistent. He needs to be consistent. I but mean, I think, I think player of that caliber, he needs to be consistent. I think one of the problems is here is something Tata said there in that last clip that we shared. Because he talks about, you know, he says, reafirma la idea. Reaffirms, more or less, um, is, is the translation, the idea of instead of playing with a back four, or playing with a back five. And he goes into details why. Because when Inter Miami loses the ball, they have the spaces behind them, right? When they play such a high line, they're pushing into the opposing uh, half. Like the space they're allowing is in behind. It's not in front of them, it's in behind and they don't have a whole lot of speed on that back line to put out those fires when they play with the back four and Thomas Aviles isn't out there. Yes, DeAndre Yedlin has wheels, but his tracking back plus his reading of the game has left something to be desired. Um, so Inter Miami struggles often when they have four at the back on the defensive side. And Tata said this after the NYCFC game. I have the clip, but I'm going to save it for later. Uh, he says, with Messi and with early on, Right? They could take those blows defensively because offensively they had enough to overcome that. Without Messi, and going back to the point I just said about the goals, they don't have enough offensive firepower to overcome these mistakes defensively. So it's kind of like he was you know, admitting his error that maybe he should have played with a back five. However, I think this is of note. He doesn't say this. Thought that I didn't say this. But Thomas Aviles was out with yellow card accumulation. So if you're playing with a back Five, then you've got to bring in either Noah Allen or you've got to bring in uh, Ryan Saylor. Because there's no, I mean, there's no trust. I don't, I, I don't. So listen, man, and I, I shared this on Twitter today. Kara just mentioned it um, here in the comment section a little bit ago. Um, you know, Kara says I'm really interested in your tweet on changes of personnel this winter and getting rid of low IQ players. So from what I've heard is that Tata Martino wants players that are. You know, he prioritizing technique and high IQ. Now, you know, there, there was, you know, Alexi Lalas quote tweeted me today and said, oh, as opposed to the teams that want players with poor first touches and, and, uh, and uh, what do you say? And terrible IQ, something like that. But obviously, no team is going to be like, all right, we want players with terrible IQs. But there's priorities in what you want in a position, in a player, in your roster, right? You could want a team that's athletic. You could want a team that's technically gifted. You could... From what I'm hearing, Tata wants technical players and high IQ players. And I think that's why, whether you agree or disagree, we're not seeing Christopher McVeigh, right? Think about the games where Inter Miami's played five at the back and Aviles or Christoph or Miller haven't started. Who has been the fourth center back for Inter Miami when they've had to play in that system? Noah. Noah Allen, who's not a center back. He's not a center back. He's a left back. Why would they play him? And he's not even a tall left back, right? He's, he's a smaller guy. Why is he playing center? Because Tata must like his ability on the ball to play passes short. And for whatever reason, whether you, again, you agree or disagree, Christopher McVay doesn't have that ability to the, maybe to the, uh, to the manner that Tata would like. Ryan Saylor maybe doesn't have it to the, to the manner or the level that Tata would like. So I'm curious to see what happens this winter. I think there's going to be some significant change. I'm not saying that the roster is going to be completely overhauled, but, of course, Tata Martino, like Phil Neville before him, 
inherited a roster of players that you know largely aren't ones that he selected. So I think there's yeah. going to be changes. I think DeAndre Yedlin's days in Inter Miami with Inter Miami, um, they could be numbered. That's not inside information, just my supposition, just from what I see. Um, he does get forward at times and does occasionally give you some good stuff in the final third, but it's not consistent enough. He's not very technical. He's more reactionary than as a defender that reads the game and anticipates. So I, I think DeAndre Yedlin could be someone that what's I, what's the contract situation with with DeAndre? I don't. I know it's more than this this year. Yeah. But but I remember talking. when he arrived that there was you know there was like little hints that at some point he would like to go back to Seattle. Maybe this off season is the time that he goes back to Seattle. Maybe you know Chris Henderson will send him over there, get some TAM, get some allocation money, get whatever it takes. We'll see what changes they make. But let's He's not. He's definitely not you know a, a a player that will fit in a Tata Martino system. A, pos- a possession based team. He's correct. Not he's not that guy. But correct. You know, he's not as liter- polished on the ball as other players yeah. in other positions. So yeah, the, the one player that I would you know I mean, looking at your tweet uh, as I was reading your tweet, the, the the first player that came to mind was Robbie Robinson. I well, mean, I mean, but Robbie Robinson's not not, not really a factor in this in this overall picture, right. right? No, but I mean, so, McVeigh isn't either, really, because you know it's pretty good. I mean, you brought him like up. Him. I didn't. I didn't. No, no, no. The the reason that I brought him up is because you know it's crazy how last year you know he basically sacrificed a year of his career playing as a left back, and now it seems like you know that that was not good for him because obviously that the you know doesn't doesn't care for him as a left back. He wants him to be. Uh, a center back, and uh, because there there have been opportunities as a left back, and he he never thought of him. And yes, he did when when he came to the right side, and Robert Taylor needed to play as a right wing back. He 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 was okay with that, but not okay with McVay playing on the left. So I think those those players are it's it's pretty clear. But you know, I, I really wouldn't wouldn't expect a lot of changes to be honest, because I mean, young players are going to remain with the team, like Ruiz, Kremaski, Farias. Right, the young players don't cost too much in the bigger picture yeah. of the of the yeah. roster. But but anyway, let's 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 switch gears. Right, that's we not can, the topic. We Correct. can focus. Yes. We can focus on the future later on. Although Tata Martino did start talking about the future in yes, I know, yeah. power, which is like yeah, he's kind of he's not saying it's over, but it's all but over because yeah. he did say that that you know the the destiny's not in their control anymore. That they will rely on outside results in addition to them having to get the job done on on their front. This is the updated playoff standings after. This loss to the Chicago Fire and the weekend's draw at home against New York City FC, which ended in a 1-1 tie. This is These are the standings. So Inter-Miami, 33 points. They're back in 14th place after moving up to 13th for a few days. They are now five points shy of CF Montreal in that final playoff spot, the ninth place position in the Eastern Conference, as you can see there. I mean, yeah, they need outside help, because they could win the last three games. That gives them nine points. But if CF Montreal wins two more, I mean, what does that give them? That gives Montreal 41-44. Yeah, Inter-Miami can't catch them um, if they but win. I mean, Montreal, they, they have trouble winning games. So Absolutely. I'm not, I mean, do we expect Inter-Miami to win the, the last three? Do you expect them to win all three? No. But I think, I think, I think it, it all starts and it all ends with Inter-Miami. Aside from what happens with Montreal, with New York City, with well, DC United, they're basically out of it. It's just that they just have one more game left. But you know, more than anything, of what happens with with any other team, I think it's it's about Inter Miami winning winning against Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I think you know they're coming into this game with a mission, and obviously they have the supporter shield already, but. I think they want payback from from League's Cup because they rested mainly the entire squad in the midweek game, and it would be surprising to me if you know they rest starters again on on Saturday. I think they are right. playing. And they're going to get a much. They're going to get a much stronger FC Cincinnati yeah. on the weekend, which is I mean obviously doesn't bode well for them. They're supporter shield winners. They have some talent. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. But we'll get to previewing that game in just a second. I want to I want to share the clip with Tata. Talking about the playoff outlook here, and then we'll uh, we'll quickly switch gears because we're uh, running out of time with you here, Jose. Bueno, primero yo creo que ya la, las chances este, eh, donde la situación dependía de nosotros mismos se terminaron esta noche. Eh, a partir de ahora las chances todavía mínimamente existen, pero ya no dependen exclusivamente de nosotros. Ya empezamos a mirar 
eh, otros resultados. Creo que la última oportunidad de depender, de depender exclusivamente de nosotros este, la tuvimos hoy. He uses the word mínimamente, which means like minimally, right? So he says they have playoff chances, but minimal playoff chances. So it's definitely, even his outlook is kind of, he's being a little bit more realistic and saying, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long shot. It's a long shot. Inter Miami would have to essentially win out and then a lot of results have to go in their favor because it's not just me at Montreal. There's other teams ahead of them in the table, including Charlotte, which they play twice during the final week of the of the regular season a bad loss an ugly loss in chicago in the windy city on on wednesday but an extension more or less of what we've been seeing in, at least with the ball a team that just hasn't been that good with it i think in this game what really hurt them was you know keep a key player uh players made key mistakes and in bad spots robert taylor facundo farias And given the back, the lack of coverage at the back, because like you said, you know, they had four at the back, not a whole lot of speed there overall. I mean, they just couldn't, they couldn't make up for it. So they needed a better performance in the attack to help make up for the defensive shortcomings. And, and they just couldn't. Um, Jose, before we very quickly switch gears to the Cincinnati game, which we will do, we have to very quickly, because I'm just uh, anal like that. We have to talk about the NYCFC game, which I know you're going to be like, oh my gosh, that was like three months ago. But very quickly, very quickly, Inter Miami tied at home against NYCFC this past Saturday at Stadium in Florida. Florida, a weather delayed game due to lightning in the area, was postponed uh, by an hour. Now, Inter Miami in that game fell behind as well. Uh, again, some poor defending there by Thomas Avila, Sergey Kristoff, Drake Callender also beaten to the to the near post once again off of a goal from Sebastian Rodriguez, maybe. I think I think I have that correct. Um, but they tied it up in second half stoppage time in the 95th minute with their first shot on target in the game off of a corner kick from Tomas Avides. I mean, they, they got something out of that match, but they very easily could have lost it because they could not create much again. That that same point from before that they no tienen un creativo, they don't have a way to break down opponents. Um, it once again came back to, to really hurt them in that one. I mean, just very quickly, your thoughts on on that game, which again ended in a one-one draw. Well, you know, I think it's 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 been a trend for Inter Miami since the Orlando City game. You know, they're basically playing the same game over and over again. You know, they they did manage a way to survive the past two games. They did it against Chicago. Obviously, you know, the fire is well played with you know with a different energy. I I think you know. Since you know there was a huge buildup because of the of the attendance numbers that were projected before the game, I think that gave the players an extra, which you know I, I didn't think New York City had and Orlando City had. I think they were just like regular MLS games for those teams. If they had an extra motivation, they probably would have won out those games. Um, so you know, I think that the game against New York City was just you know it's 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 a continuation of what we have seen from from Inter Miami. Not nothing nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, but it's it's surprising to me because Padillas in other games had looked pretty good. Now, like you said, with young players, you know, the highs can be high and the lows can be low. And they are inconsistent because they're still growing into themselves as professional players and uh, obviously finding that consistency in those habits and those patterns. Maybe he's tired. Maybe it's just growing pains. But he's definitely struggling in terms of making the same type of impact he was in other games. Now, in other games, he had I'll Messi. Tell you but even in games we didn't have Messi, Jose, like the Atlanta game. He showed more on the ball. He was nutmegging players. He was taking people on. His passes were were uh, sharper. He was better on the ball. In the game against NYCFC, he's been uh, not as good with the ball. He was not as good with the ball. And then the game against the Fire, also, again, one of the goals is due to a turnover in a bad spot. You know, and as an attacker, yeah. you you have to take risks. But coaches, especially at a, at this level, and as you get older and more experienced, they teach you where to take those risks. You don't want to be taking those risks. And taking players on necessarily one-on-one -on -one in your own half. You want to do that in the opposing half where you have numbers behind you, your team can yeah. get organized and defend if you lose the ball. Here he did it in, in against the fire, he did it in, in Miami's half, loses the ball, and quickly, you know, ended up in the back of the net. So I think for me, when it comes to Farias, it comes down to um, you know, people in Argentina, they've been talking about okay, so there's no Fari, there's no Messi, so Farias starts. Farias is the savior. Farias is 
the best thing that happened to Inter Miami after when 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 Messi's not available, and um, you know maybe that got to his head and and he feels you know extra pressure and um, and and at the same time you know remember that I think I asked this um, uh, Javi Morales uh, last week you know about about Gomez and you know how players young players and the players that are coming in are, are they you know, the adjustment periods, is it over for them? And he said no. So I'm assuming it's the same situation for for Facundo. And I think he's feeling the extra pressure and he's relying on the individual effort because the collective effort is not there and it most likely won't be there for the rest of the year because, again, they haven't had enough time to, you know, get together and have a plan when Messi is not available. And I think that's something that coming into next year, that needs to find a way because it's not going to be acceptable the next year when they have a full preseason and they know that Messi's not going to be available for the entire season. There's Copa America. Right. There's so many other things. They need to be ready for situations like this. Right. They, they need to have a plan B, which right now they clearly are struggling to find. This was the starting lineup in that game. They played with the back five. And guess who played very well in that game? Your boy, David Ruiz, as a right wing back. Finally. Finally. But the Finally caveat, giving some credit. But the caveat is that he could have won the game in the 97th minute. He has an open look down the right side of the penalty area. He could have given Inter Miami three big points or two more big points. And he hits the underside of the crossbar with his shot. Painful, agonizing way for Inter Miami to be denied of a much-needed victory. But I do think, listen, honestly... After what I saw, and I know it's only been one game, I can see that being a position of him in the future. He looked a lot more loose. He looked, you know, he was ready to take people on. Like, in the middle of the park, again, where you can't take as many risks, especially if you're a center midfielder, like, he doesn't show that as much. On the right wing, where he's got more space and he can get into, into more advanced areas down the flank, where if you lose the ball, it's not as dangerous. You know, he was doing stepovers. He was doing little little movements, and like, feints. I liked what I saw. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him there again. Some this was a starting lineup with a back five: Drake Callender in goal, David Ruiz, the right wing back, Thomas Avila, Sergi Christoph, Kamal Miller, Noah Allen on the left. Midfield three: Dixon uh, Arroyo, Sergio Busquets, Benjamin Kremaski up top, Facundo Farias, Leonardo Campana. Campana was left on an island; he was uh, starved of service. He was left to scrap battle and just you know didn't get much of the ball um, before he pulled something or felt something and you know now he was he missed the chicago fire game injury concern for this weekend we'll see if he suits up uh against the fc cincinnati so david ruiz was probably the, the big promising point there um again same old same old under miami just not a whole lot you know despite having the ball not a whole lot of creativity not a whole lot of generating clear cut chances which is what kamal miller and thomas avila said after the game We'll wrap up with a very quick FC Cincinnati thing after listening to these two clips. So fresh. I can't really put my finger on exactly what went wrong. and felt like we were moving the ball pretty well and getting in some good spots. Um, just felt like one of those off nights overall. And yeah, just we wanted to turn the page as fast as possible. Get to Wednesday and look to pick up three points. That was Kamal Miller. Hold on. That, <laughs> that was Kamal Miller. This will be Thomas Avi. Bueno, sabemos que tenemos que mejorar eso. Eh, no podemos tener solo un solo tiro si queremos clasificar a playoff. Y nada, en la tema jugada es es una pelota que bueno, gracias a Dios cayó ahí y tuve la oportunidad de gol. So they both talked about the game in different ways. Kamal Miller says he can't really put his finger on what went wrong, but I think it's clear what went wrong. They just can't generate a whole lot in the final third, which leads into what Thomas Avila says, which is like he admits, you know, acknowledges that they can't continue on with only generating one shot on target if they're going to score goals and win games and make up the points, which clearly on Wednesday, not enough, not enough. Inter Miami's goal on Wednesday, by the way, came from Joseph Martinez via penalty kick. So again, from the run of play, even though they had two clear good chances. Yeah, they had two chances. So so that's the problem for me with Inter Miami right now, right? They don't generate a whole lot. And if and when they do, they don't have the most clinical finishers on the field. So it's not necessarily a, a formula or a recipe that's 
going to lead to a lot of success. I said this weeks ago. Lionel Messi, in large part, helped them win the League's Cup. If they were going to make the playoffs, other players were going to have to step up. Unfortunately for Inter Miami, not enough players are stepping up here during this no, final no, no, stretch. But, but you also said that they were going to make the playoffs. No, I didn't. I yeah, you did. Yeah, no, you no, did. No, you said no, you went no, back no. and forth. You went you back and forth. You, you find said the no, and sh- then yo, you, you said yes, the clip. and then no, you no. said no again. You yes. find me the clip where I, I said that they're going to make it. the playoffs. I think they're going to make it. Yeah, Find me the clip. Find me the clip. The, hey, all the videos are out there on YouTube. So you, you find me the clip, you and, said I'll, it. I'll, yes, and I'll, you said I'll, it. I'll, you went back I'll and back forth. Said. I will eat crow if you, if you find the clip where I said that they will make oh, the playoffs. I'm going to say, oh, trouble. it's looking like they could. You're, I never, you're, you're in trouble. <laughs> Challenge accepted. All right, very quickly, Jose, because I know you have to run in two minutes. They take on FC Cincinnati. They host FC Cincinnati before the international break on Saturday night. Drive Think Stadium, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hopefully there's no weather delay hopefully we don't get a rainy game it's been a lot of rainy games i mean it's normal for an inter miami season normal for south florida but hopefully this one um we get clear skies very quickly do you expect messi to play yes i think messi plays not a, I, he's not going to start but he plays i agree how many minutes do you think we see messi play 30 minutes yeah 30 minutes i'll say 20 to 30 does inter miami win this game no i no. think cincinnati wins wins this game and that finally puts an end, puts the, the tombstone on Inter Miami's playoff hopes. Yeah. That would be the last game for Messi this year in, in, in with Inter Miami. I don't if they're eliminated, I don't think he plays in Charlotte. Last game, he won't play. I was gonna say they tie. Messi's gonna play. Could they win? Could they win to live to fight another day and make it to the final week of the regular season dramatic? I could see that, man. I could see that. I will say you want to see that. <laughs> I will say that they tie with Messi on the field. They tie. They tie. Uh, host it very quickly. Back five. Yeah. Back five. They're going to go back to the back five. Right? Yeah. Toto is back. Comment. Yeah. Yeah. Toto is back. So, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Toto Aviles is back. And based on Tata Martinez's post game press conferences uh, about, you know, the back four versus the back five, sounds like he'll be inclined to go back to the back five, especially if yeah. Messi's not starting. Uh, key to the game for Inter Miami if they are to win, and this is it. We'll wrap up the show after that. Hold, hold on, survive until Messi comes. <laughs> <laughs> Put eleven players across the, yes. the the crossbar. Have them hold on to the crossbar. Yes. Travesaño and just stay there until Messi can uh, can get on the field. Um, key to the game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Stay tight defensively. Try to limit Lucho Acosta if he yeah. starts and FC Cincinnati's attackers. Try to stay in the game. Even if you're down 1-0, you know, stay within the game to give Messi a chance to create a moment of magic minutes from a free kick, a penalty kick, just one opportunity inside the box that falls him. Just stay within reach. So defensively, they have to be better. Again, another reason why I think they will play with the back five. All right. Jose, I've taken up one more minute than I promised you that I would, but thank you again, Jose Armando, for joining me on this second show this week. We will have one more on Sunday. It will not be with one of the usual co-hosts, I don't believe, because everyone is busy doing the other football stuff. Um, But I will have a show on Sunday because I'm leaving to Chile on Monday for the international break. I'm going to go watch Chile and Peru, the El Clásico. you know, the season in- is not over and you're going on vacation. Already. It's not vacation, bro. I'm just going to take a yes. quick little break. I'm going to take a quick little break. and uh, so it's, it's not a vacation, but it's a little break. I like that. It's the international break, right. brother. It's, it's an international break. break. It's the international there's, break. There's a lot going on. If there were games here, I would not be going anywhere. Yeah, right. But, yeah, but right. there isn't. So, But anyway, so for Jose Armando, I am Franco Penizo. You have been listening to Miami Total Football. I'll talk to you guys again on Sunday.